Week two of the podcast. What did we name this podcast, uh, Brandon? I don't think we named it yet. It doesn't have a name currently. It's still an un, uh, unnamed project. It's like a, a baby whose father is not pleased with it yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we just, okay, so we've, we've thrown away the first two minutes of week two. <laughs> well on our way to How 30. How the edits when I'm in the room? 30 minutes of unusable <laughs> The edit is an all-nighter. <laughs> <laughs> On the, the podcast. Do y'all want to start with news of the weird? In Maryland, they're asking people to put on their pants when they check the mail now. <laughs> Is that a sign that you've given up on my... <laughs> well, I'm just glad to say that they haven't asked that of our Kansas yeah, right. <laughs> That would affect right. me directly. Yes. <laughs> so, what is a signal that you've given up? Like, I'm giving up on my life. I'm thrown in the towel today. What would you be doing? This is a dangerous road to go down because <laughs> I've crossed many of these bridges <laughs> over the he's, last he's, few he's months. He's learned uh, thresholds that he's already crossed that, that didn't make the cut. Maybe my fourth day in my Brooklyn hoodie. Yes. Start to think, okay, this might be unhealthy. I've noticed you really dressed up today. I was really uh, proud of you. He went to a funeral. <laughs> That's his well, funeral attire. <laughs> Marcus chose to just stay and work out attire for it. Well, in Oregon, they're asking people not to call 911 anymore when they run out of toilet paper. So. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Unbelievable. So that's our world. All right. Moving on to sports. Since we uh, love sports, sports fans, um, the only notable thing really going on is Last Dance. Brandon, have you caught up to I episode am, seven and eight yet? No, I'm, uh, I just finished episode two <laughs> a few weeks ago. <laughs> okay, so, you, so you're behind. Are you spacing behind. it out? I, I was talking to a friend. He, he's spacing them out because of the lack of sports. Going oh. on is that is that what you're doing or just you just don't? I've been watching that UFO thing. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the documentary. Have That's you been right. watching it, Nick? I have been. I have okay, been. who do you want to be in the film? If you're one of the players, you know, like when you're watching a show or something, you, you gravitate towards a character. Who's the guy that you want to be in the film? Oh, who are okay. You? Uh, well, I'm kind of ashamed. I don't want to say. <laughs> I really I like Dennis Rodman. Yeah! <laughs> Perfect. I, I don't. I don't dig the Dennis Rodman in the wedding dress, but uh, I, I dig his. That's uh, where I was about to go with this. His <laughs> his approach to the game, I think, is fantastic. I, I relate to him in stylistically in playing basketball because he did the dirty work, and that's what I was trying it to do. It did open my eyes to him. Like I just saw him as an athlete. I didn't realize just how intelligent he was, how hard he practiced, how he watched film. I think it had been really tough to play with Michael Jordan after this last episode. Unbelievable. Yeah. He's. I, his competitiveness and desire to win, he did not care who he hurt. That's right. Yeah, I mean, he was. He would say anything it took. He would do anything it took and stomp on any and everything. And he didn't care if it hurt your relationship for the rest of your life. He didn't care at all. Yeah. But I do think that Pippen was a good compliment to him. Pippen being the nice guy and then Jordan just being the jerk. Every, I don't know. What do you think about uh, – because I think there's something inside of Pippen, though, that's – different than most people because they they really talk about that guy named scott burrell mm -hmm. and i didn't really know him very much until this documentary i um, remember him playing but he seems like a very pippin-esque type player but didn't respond in you know the same way so i think that says something about pippin he's got something nasty some grit on the inside of him to not just be the nice guy but to really put you know into practice what jordan was trying to get him to do since michael jordan's time 
who do you see, and it could be any sports, that have that same competitive desire that you see inside of him? you see anybody else like that? I think two come to mind, maybe. I think Tiger Woods is one of them. Um, I think he's got that killer instinct. Uh, he decided to try to change his whole swing, you know, in the middle of his career. Like, he's just like, yes, you know. It's too easy, you know. Whatever it He's takes. like, I'm gonna switch it up and, and see if I can do it this way. Um, and I think Serena Williams has probably got that in her. She's she's, she's just a dog she's on the a court. Killer. <laughs> I'm gonna say it, Kobe. You know that's why I was. Oh uh, yeah, Kobe. Did you see the rankings? Oh my oh, gosh, my I sent it to goodness. Brandon. <laughs> what a disaster. Kobe, the ESPN is ranking the top 48 players. It was like a weird it's like number, 70 right? Seventy something players of all time. Seventy four or something 74 like that. Seventy four players. Okay, yeah, it's an odd number, and uh, so the top ten one came out. And uh, at number eight or nine? Mamba was at nine. Number nine. Followed by Shaq. Yeah. <laughs> this is a devastating uh. list. Twitter was ablaze. Of course it was. This is Rightly trash. so. Where would you put, all right, where would you rank your five? Give me your five. Oh, boy. Put me on the spot here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would put Michael Jordan at the top of the list. Of course. Uh, I would put... Uh, Maybe LeBron, number two. What? And Kobe, number three. We just lost a thousand listeners. One, two, three. And I don't even like LeBron, and you know I, that's that. That's true. You it's, know it's, it's, it's a shocking for me to say that, but yeah. I think, you know, the only reason I say that is because everybody would put him at number one. I wouldn't put him at number one. Sure. You know? I would put him behind Jordan for sure. Then Kobe. Then uh, Steph Curry. What? <laughs> <laughs> He's running out of basketball <laughs> knowledge at this point. <laughs> Because next is going to actually be Draymond Green. That's the only other <laughs> guy he knows. Clay so Thompson. You know on that list, Steph Curry was ranked like number 13. He was like very that. high. He did he not deserve to be He was actually 13. one in front of KD, which I thought was an abomination. I did too. No, I did. You can't be just... in the top 25 if you can't play defense. I also no, thought Tim Duncan was number eight right yeah. in front of Kobe. That was another snub. The big fundamental. So, so bad. Do you have a number five? Uh, number five, you know, I don't really know the old guys, so everybody's right. like, uh, you know, they put those really Go high on the list. Know. I don't know the old guys, you know, five guys you know. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm almost out, right? <laughs> All right, so Kevin Durant, I guess, KD, <laughs> KD, of course, <clears throat> KD, yeah, he's really good. Do you get you your okay. five, let me hear him. Uh, I would go Michael Jordan, number one, I think I would go Kareem Abdul Jabbar, number two. Oh, hot take. Um, I think I'll go LeBron three, Ooh. Kobe four. Thank you. And then uh, <laughs> uh, Magic Johnson five. Ooh, I don't goodness. Know. Magic Johnson. I'm going to go Jordan number one. I mean, he just transcended the game. I'm going to go, even though I wasn't a fan, I'm going Kobe number two. He was just a killer. He was. And he would, he'd play defense on you. Uh, I would go number three, LeBron. Just he's just so dominating, uh, just physical dominance. I don't think he had the mentality of those other two. Um, I'm gonna go Tim Duncan. No, yes, no. I am Tim Duncan. Yes, yeah. That's a down. I honestly thought pick, it man. was a sh it was shameful that he was in the top ten. Oh, you got to be kidding me! Yeah, uh, dump the ball down, let him go to work, cleans up the glass. Yeah. Takes yeah. out your defensive player. It's just. I mean, I don't know enough. He wouldn't to be say. great today. It's a different game. But back then, he it's was certainly a different game. You could count on him. Okay. Sure. It's like you could always count on Jordan. He was gonna get. If he had a bad game, he's got twenty-three points. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. He he was that's a bad game for him. He's just so Duncan's so consistent over so much. I'll give you this is not my fifth best player, but when you talk about somebody that's competitive, I think Kevin Carnett was there. He yeah. didn't have the game or the skill, but he'd kill you to win, you know. Yeah. It's true. Mm. I just when you know, I think about Tim Duncan being a big. I mean, I think David Robinson is as comparable to him. They were on the same team. Uh, but when you go Wilt, Chamberlain, you go Bill Russell, you go Kareem Abdul-Jafar, and you put Tim Duncan over those three? Of course I would. That's yeah. tough. And Shaq? Shaq. Oh. Shaq was a dominating force. That he was true. a force. I actually watched a video today of him in the post. <laughs> Who was, uh, he was talking trash to Draymond Green, actually, that he would just destroy him. <laughs> and uh, it showed a clip of him knocking David Robinson to the ground <laughs> in the post. He turns around, takes one step in the paint, bumps him, and puts him down, and then dunks on top of him, and it was fantastic. He was powerful, and he had great footwork, too. He, he had did. He, well, and, and even in the documentary... I'd probably put him number six. Phil alludes to it, right? Uh, who did they compare? Oh, no, isn't that... We were watching a video about it, and he was comparing Shaq to somebody else, and he just talked about how Shaq's footwork... People didn't know how good it was in the paint. He could he can't really be maneuver. top five because he can't shoot a free throw. <laughs> it's pitiful. He can't shoot a free throw, you're not Listen, in. Listen, go home and shoot a Nerf ball, a little bitty Nerf ball into your goal at home and see how hard it is. Because yeah. like. <laughs> his hands are so big, it's like a, shooting a golf ball, you know? It's <laughs> I see. impossible. All right. So uh, <laughs> so we're coming off another week of, uh, of church online. And uh, what do you guys think? Mother's Day? Mother's oh. Day was great. I loved to see... You know, my wife isn't one that really likes to speak a lot, but she did a great job. I thought yeah. I might be biased, but I really enjoyed that. I would say uh, watching the ladies around here grow in their spiritual giftings has been something. I think all of the ladies that are on staff and a lot of our, our ladies that are leading in this church and serving, just like seeing Brooke and Jess, but different ones step up. It's It's been great. I thought Brooke and Jess did a great job. That was great. But, man, I never thought we would still – be out of church when we started this. I thought, right. it's going to be two weeks and we'll be right back in. No big deal. I had no idea it'd be go going this long. So, yeah. Yeah. It's been uh, kind of amazing that it has <laughs> yeah. gone on this long. Nobody expected this. I, I looked over the tape the other day when we shot that first update about COVID-19 in <laughs> your office, you know, uh -huh. and it's like, oh, Mark's yeah. like, we're cleaning everything. Don't worry. It's going to be fine. Cause nobody knew anything right yeah. back then. Right. And then uh, just a week later, we were shut down, and now it's been like two months. It's been two months. It's been crazy. Yeah. I mean, uh, people have been asking about the church. It, I mean, it's been going great. People are still giving. They're itching to get back and serve. And uh, uh, we just have such a relational church that I, we want to wait and see what this phase two is. To do church the way we do church, we couldn't open our doors right now. I mean, people love each other. They love to hang out. That whole that life giving atmosphere, the culture of this church. Uh, I would hate to just walk around the building and have to police people and taste people, and you know, you're having to sure. check the bathrooms to see how many people's in there, and then go clean the bathrooms, and then, oh, who who drank coffee and sneezed? You know, kick them out. It's just crazy, and dismiss people by family unit and take temperatures of people. I just I can't. I'm not gonna do that. Right. You know, it's um, and I don't want to put anybody at risk. You know. Right. Um, so it's just, we're praying. I, I can't wait, but we're not going to rush back to church. We're going to walk back to church and we're going to have a grand opening and, and we'll be rolling. You know? 
Yeah. But I think out of this, a lot of good material has come out. A lot of gifts have come out. There's yeah. God has stretched all of us. You know, I feel like God, we've worked harder being close. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> doubt. We're, open, we're gonna open it. You know. Um, yeah. So it's been really good. What What was your take? Mother's Day. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I got, you know, I was sticking around, uh, shooting some some photographs of the drive-through, and uh, which I think was a, a pretty big hit. Man, people awesome. were loving the uh, loving the drive-through, um, getting their pictures taken. You know, people were popping out of uh, out of the sunroof, you know, and like trying to get their pictures taken and stuff, and and just being able to connect uh, with families just driving through. Had uh, a lot of our friends who have just had babies. They were driving through. And so you get to see the baby for like the right. first time, you know, because uh, you haven't been able to be around oh them or their gosh, family. Know, and so crazy. Uh, I've seen a bunch of pictures on Facebook. Man. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And so there's I people who are barely pregnant when we started this. And they had a child. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, wait, what happened? <laughs> yep. so. uh, another church item this week. Uh, we've been doing these things, these messages from the vault. Yeah. And so I want to get your take oh, on. Oh, uh, man. Because this week was a. Uh, and like as far as we've thrown it back so far, <laughs> he went into a time machine seven so, years so, ago. You know, I mean, you know, Marcus, I'll come back to you. I want to know what do you think when you see yourself seven years ago? But Brandon, I mean, when you when you're posting that, I mean, how what, what are you thinking about as you're posting a year? Well, I love it. You know, I was looking for a different message. We we were talking about uh, something that Brooke had done a while back, and I got on. I was looking for. It. I could not find it, and I went into a really deep place and i said marcus uh i actually found a message from seven years ago of you doing a message over there on the trinity uh do you want to post this i was like uh i don't even know if that's theologically correct that's what he said. <laughs> i don't know what i said in he that message he's like ah it doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't matter people want to see you look like a child yeah so, so what do you think when you see that because you know i, I laughed I, I, I honestly i'm glad you did i i saw it and said you know the, the ministry takes a visible toll on me. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, oh it's, it's being a pastor is like seven years to one oh my like, gosh I, so. I, I listened, you know, when the message started, he was like, hey, I'm Marcus. I'm from Fort Smith. And actually today in Fort Smith, we just launched our third service. Yeah, and I, I was know. thinking, why are you over there in Conway? Why did you Thanks so lot. today? I think of me slaving over there three services uh -huh. deep, you know. Marcus is over there on stage, man. <laughs> That's probably the service that I popped into one time when I saw you. You did the MC, you did the message, you led worship, you altar call. You literally did every piece of the whole service, start to finish. No, those were the greatest days when I would leave and go to Conway or, or, or GLR to speak, and Brandon would literally do everything. He would MC the service, do the worship, take off, put on a headset, preach the message, take the headset off, sing on a mic, play the guitar, do a little dance. That's right. That's three times. That's <laughs> three times. Then he'd disappear for <laughs> a, a week. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to speak to a heavy topic now? Yeah. Are you good it. to, to yeah. transition? Um, obviously, uh, one of the things that's taken over the the news uh, currently is the Ahmad Arbery case. Um, and just kind of what that's uncovered. So um, do you want to speak to just the biblical side of, of race, or do you just want to share some thoughts? What, what are you thinking? It's indefensible. Yeah. You know, uh, 
gosh, I, I jog my neighborhood. My my 12-year-old son, he's about to be 13. He jogs our whole neighborhood by himself. I mean, so he'll do like a mile and a half, hit the hills. I never worry about him, and I never worry about myself. It is 2020. What enrages me is that we should be so far beyond this. But what it shows is that there is something wrong with the human heart. We know how to be politically correct. And so we'll say, I won't say that word or I won't say these things because those are racist terms. But it's it's one thing to like say, I'm going to tolerate another race of people. It's a totally different thing to love people. Yeah. And and so racism, first of all, is an affront to the character of God because people are created in his image. That's and right. if you don't like how someone else looks or you prejudge them, you are saying, God, I don't like a part of who you are. I don't disagree. That turns my stomach. So first of all, it's that. Second of all, so somebody asked me this, can a racist be born again? And I said, absolutely right. Yes, a racist person can come to Christ, but once you're born again, you cannot remain racist and be born again. I mean, God's going to do a work inside of you. This is what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, because some people say, well, I got some racist tendencies and I'm born again, but th- this, is, this is what it says, whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. This mm-hmm. person says, I love God. I love Jesus. I'm born again. I'm following him, but I'm racist. You're lying to yourself. He says, for whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love, watch this, cannot love God whom they have not seen. That's good. So he says, and he, this Jesus, has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So I think it gets to a place where it's not... We got to just not tolerate or just I'm going to appreciate that I certain I love people. So I'll tell you a few things. Number one, the different races of people teaches us something about God as a creator. He loves variety. We've got to get to a place where we just love the variety of different people in different cultures and be in it and appreciate it. And there are some cultures that laugh so loud, so easy. I love being around that. Some people, their culture, they cook or they dance or whatever. We should look back and go, God, thank you, God, for so much variety because it literally enhances my life. Yeah. So I remember we grew up in a neighborhood uh, that had some white flight uh, come and a lot of the white younger families moved out of our neighborhood and we stayed there. And so dad did it and bought up just about all the whole neighborhood. He started buying houses around. Um, but I started having African-American friends that I was making because they, they, there's African-American friends that were just living a street over around the block and they would start coming to the house and playing. And so w- let me just back up and tell you this. Racism is learned. Like all of our kids have grown up. If they saw someone of a different race, they just have like, wow. But that it's learned and it can be unlearned. But I remember we were playing basketball in my yard. It's probably seven or eight of us. <clears throat> and uh, and my mom came out there. We'd been playing for a couple of hours. Everybody's dripping with sweat. My mom walked outside and said, everybody come get a drink. And every one of my black friends, when they heard her say that, you want to know what they did? They went around the back to drink out of the water hose. Wow. And then my mom left and went around the back and said, what are you doing? <laughs> and they're just like, we're, we're getting a drink. 
there was something inside of them. They're just like, you'll allow us here, but you know, at the house, but you won't allow us in your house because uh-huh. of our, she's like, no, you come sit at the table. And she had fixed them all their own glass and their own place at the table. Mm. And there was just something that broke. And then they didn't just see me as a neighbor. They started seeing me as a friend and only love can do that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you have any advice for for people? As we see it on social media, this is something that I had a friend talk to me about recently. Just just some advice when you see it, uh, especially on social media right now because we're all quarantined. Um, putting you on the spot here. Any advice for how to handle those situations when they're so blatantly, you know, anti-gospel essentially, right? And and anti what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. How how do you, how would you say? they could handle those situations. I think, you know, before I respond outwardly and go, ah, I'm so mad. I, I say, look in the mirror and go, oh God, is there any wicked way inside of me? Is there any prejudice or bigotry inside of me to anyone for any reason? I want to walk in the same uh, supernatural love that Jesus did when he reached uh, across gender lines and across racial lines. I want to have that. So I look inside of me and be like, I don't want to, I don't want to be blind to that junk inside of me. Right. And then I, you know, racism is that bridging that gap and healing that wound happens with the hard work of one friendship at a time some of the greatest voices has spoken to this problem. We should still keep prophetically speaking and preaching to that, to this, but it's got to be so much more than that. It has to be mm-hmm. our responsibility as people to just say, I'm going to enlarge my circle of love and let people of different cultures and races in to be around my kids and around my family, you know, so that we can appreciate life, you know? Yeah. So that's my advice. Yeah. Really good. That's fantastic. Hey, uh, just let me say one thing. Uh, I have seen a lot of people ever since that news broke out um, go back and look at the facts and kind of come up with a different narrative of maybe what has happened. Uh, And I think regardless of the narrative, right, whatever it is that transpired on that day, that death was an injustice. And uh, this lesson still is very applicable because racism is something that we have to really snuff out. Yeah. Well, and, and I would tell you this, there's, there's a check that everybody needs to have when they go, well, what, what about white on white crime and white on black crime, black on white crime, black on black crime, and they do all these stupid stats for all this. God does not see it that way. Yeah. He sees it child of God on child of God crime. My image on my, he sees it that way. Right. He sees it as human being on human being crime. And we have to see it that way. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, Underneath, underlying those kinds of statements is a root of racism in there. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, fellas, <clears throat> that's good, man. Yeah. I think that's a wrap for uh, for a podcast today. I think that'll do it. All right. Goodbye. See y'all next time. <laughs> Bye.